Welcome to Prevention Network's podcast, Community Connections. Today, we are talking about alcohol education. Let's go over the basics. My name is Bethany Raleigh-White. I'm the SOARS coordinator at Prevention Network, and this is Community Connections. All right, let's get into it. So alcohol education is really important, and when we talk about it at Prevention Network, we almost always start with talking about the risk of death. We see risks of death a lot, right? So the risk of death of skydiving is one in 100,000. The risk of death of getting in an airplane and riding it is one in 11 million. The risk of death of riding a motorcycle is one in 1,000. Playing American football, the risk of death in that is one in 50,000. But did you know the risk of death of getting behind the wheel after you've been drinking is only one in 70? That's insane. And that doesn't just include the drinking driver. That includes everybody on the road at the same time as a drinking driver. That is one in 70 is your risk of death if you are on the road at the same time. And then while we're keeping that in mind, nobody forces us to do any of these risky activities, right? Nobody forces us to get into an airplane. Nobody forces us to jump out of an airplane, right? Nobody forces us to get behind the wheel of a car, especially when we have been drinking. So what are our options out there, right? On your phone, we probably have Amazon, we have Netflix, Facebook, Pandora. We have so many apps. We have our doctor's phone number. We have a pizza delivery place. We have a hairdresser, a barber, a mechanic. What about a taxi service? Do we have taxi services on our phone? Luckily, we live in an age where um, apps are really prevalent. And so we have Uber and Lyft, and those are perfectly fine ways of getting home safely at night after you've been drinking. There's also lots of active taxi services still, and a quick Google search from your area will bring those to light, and you'll be able to put those in your phone as well. So if we've been drinking and driving, what are some other ways we can get home? We have a taxi service. What about a DD? Well, studies show that one-third of those holding the designated driver title drank throughout the night, and one-fifth of those designated drivers drank until their ability was impaired. We need to make sure we have a plan in place that's protecting all. And what we hear a lot, right, is, well, Ubers are really expensive. Lyfts are really expensive. Well, let's compare the cost real quick. So an Uber X is $8 minimum fare. Base fare is $255. Per kilometer after that is $1.75. And then if you need like an Uber SUV, it's a $0.35 surcharge per mile. Compared to getting a DWI or DUI, the costs are incomparable. My stats came from Amanelli, uh, and he they just recently updated my costs of getting a DWI. So, um, or DUI, and a lot of this does depend on the charge. Okay, so if you get a felony or misdemeanor charge, your fees are going to be a little different. But uh, if you get a DWI in Onondaga County, in particular, you have to take a victim impact panel class. That's something that we offer at Prevention Network. That's $40. DDP classes, which is something through the DMV that we also offer at Prevention Network, that's $234. The average lawyer cost is anywhere from three to $6,000 for a misdemeanor and six dollars to $12,000 for a felony. If you need to get your car towed or impounded, right, they're not going to let you drive home, is minimal $300. And then you have to pay the impound lot to get your car out. And that's generally about $100 a day. Um, And they're cash only typically. So you have to have that cash readily available to get your vehicle back out of the lot. You have to pay an evaluation fee. Drug You could pay for drug testing depending on your insurance. 
Um, and court costs are anywhere from $7,500 to $12,000. So getting a DWI or DUI in Onondaga County is incredibly expensive. And when you compare to just getting an Uber, just getting a Lyft to get away, get home safe, the costs, you just can't, you can't compare them. And there's a lot of other fees that are associated with getting a DWI or DUI. Your insurance increases and it, on your driving record for over 10 years, insurance cost is three to seven years on that increase. And it's a 68% average increase for New York State, which translates to about uh, $1,470 a year uh, for your car insurance. If you need an interlock system, so interlock systems are the, the breathalyzer systems that are installed in the cars. Interlock systems are anywhere from $70 to $150 for installation, and you have to pay $100, $100 about um, for the monthly lease. And this has to go in all cars of your name. So if you and your spouse have cars that are in your name and you get a DWI, those interlock systems are going to have to go in both those cars. And then obviously with a DWI or DUI or any type of um, legal problem with alcohol, you stand to lose your job as well. So what are some healthy habits we do know, right? We know that we count calories, right? We count our vegetables. We count our steps. We count our glasses of water. We count our body temperature. What is a legal definition of a drink? A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that when an officer pulls you over and they say how many drinks you have, they don't mean how many physical drinks. They want to know the how many ounces of the, how many servings of this alcohol that you had. So what is the standard definition of a drink? What is the serving of alcohol? Now we're speaking in averages here, but there is a average definition, right? So it's 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, three ounces of fortified wine, such as sherry or port, or an ounce of half a liquor. And the equation for our bodies to process these standard definitions of a drink is one drink, one hour. So if I have three glasses of wine in one hour at five ounces a serving, it's going to take my body three hours to process that alcohol and make it so I am safe to get behind the wheel and drive. So what's more than a standard drink? A pint or a draught of beer? A cooler? A cocktail such as a martini and a bellini? A martini can sometimes have three times the amount of that standard definition of a drink in, a, in just one martini. A red Solo cup filled to the top, a cup of jungle juice, and a big gulp cup. These are all things that we see alcohol being served in that are more than the standard definition of the drink. Same with beer steins and beer glasses. We need to be aware of what we're being served in. A wheat beer glass is 23 ounces for the entire glass. That's almost two doses or two servings of beer in that. So if you have two of those in one hour, it's going to take you four hours to process that alcohol and be safe to drive. We also want to be aware of the alcohol content that is in what we are consuming. Founders Imperial Stout, for example, has 10.5% alcohol. Bud Light Platinum has 6%, and gin and liquors are 40% to 80 proof. And carbonated drinks affect our alcohol intoxication. Now, this to me is so cool. Carbonated alcoholic drinks are absorbed more quickly, and the science of the carbonation holds the key. It includes any alcoholic drink that is ingested along with a carbonated mixer as well, because the magic happens in the stomach rather than in the drink. Carbonation increases pressure in the stomach, which helps force the alcohol into the bloodstream faster. So that's just something to be aware of as well. So what are some other factors that influence intoxication? The rate of consumption, amount consumed, our age, gender, body weight and type, food consumption, 
medication and other drugs, environment and mood, fatigue and stress, and tolerance to alcohol. I really want to touch on the tolerance to alcohol for a second because being tolerant to alcohol, building up a tolerance to alcohol does not give us a superpower in metabolizing alcohol in our system. All that means is that we, is our bodies are able to better hide the side effects of alcohol consumption. However, if we were to get behind the wheel, we would be equally as impaired as someone else who was drinking the same amount of alcohol at the same rate. Being tolerant to alcohol does not give us a superpower to alcohol processing. Our BACs would still be the same. Here's another fascinating fact about alcohol and alcohol consumption. Bariatric surgery is plays a major part in people's lives, especially when it comes to alcohol consumption. Week after week after week in our alcohol prevention classes, we are hearing people who are struggling because they've had bariatric surgery and they are now struggling with alcohol consumption. So here are some facts. 20% of people who have had gastric bypass develop alcohol use disorder, which is triple the rate for the general population. A 2012 study found that 11% of bariatric patients had trouble with alcohol consumption within two years of the surgery. So, so what's the connection here? Surgery alters your stomach and affects certain hor- hormones in your body, including leptin and dopamine. These hormones influence hunger and the rewards of eating and can also influence our alcohol consumption. Research also shows that because patients metabolize alcohol differently, they get drunker quicker and take longer to sober up. So somebody with a bariatric surgery would need time and a half to sober up. The average person needs one drink, one hour. Somebody with bariatric surgery would need one drink, one and a half hours to process that. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention prescription meds and other drugs and their effect with alcohol. They offer similar threats to public safety. Drugs have an adverse effect on judgment, reaction time, motor skills, and memory on their own. And when you mix them with alcohol, it makes it 10 times worse. When misused, prescription drugs and other over-the-counter drugs can impair perception, judgment, motor skills, and memory. So here are some statistics when we talk about building a safe plan and getting home safe. 62% of crashes in New York State happen on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So when we talk about risk and lowering risk, you want to keep this in mind. 70% of all accidents in New York State involve drinking drivers. 75% of those drivers are reported male and 25 are reported female. And in Onondaga County, 18 to 25-year-olds are the most likely to drive while impaired. So here in our county, we have SU, Lemoyne, OCC, ESF, all sorts of colleges around here. And our 18 to 25 age bracket is a huge chunk of drivers. So we want you to keep that in mind when we're talking about risks. New York State has made a big effort to stop drinking and driving in particular. And one of those resources that they have offered is an app that you can download on your phone called Have a Plan Stop DWI New York. If you type that into your app store, a app will come up. You can download it. It'll provide you a bunch of different resources in New York about alcohol prevention and safety. If you are out and about and drinking, you can even play some sobriety games and you can link your location to it and it will show you safe places to sober up at before getting behind the wheel. That's what I have for you today. I hope today was educational. I hope it was either a refresher on some alcohol education or maybe you learned something new. Thank you for listening to Prevention Network's podcast, Community Connections. As always, we want you to connect with us. Visit our website at preventionnetworkcny.org 
connect with us on any of our social media platforms.